When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tactical Yanks podcast, your podcast for soccer in America and around the world. I'm your co-host, Pete Douthit, and I am joined by my fellow co-host, Filippo Silva, and welcome to the Tactical Yanks podcast. Hopefully you enjoy. We'll be talking about U.S. soccer, European soccer, South American soccer, the World Cup, and much more. Okay, okay, everyone. Welcome to the Tactical Yanks podcast. We have today another World Cup group preview. If you missed the other ones, we've done groups A, B, C, D, E. So obviously today we're doing group F. I'm your co-host, Filippo Silvan. I'm joined here by Pete Dalvit from 11 Yanks and from the Tactical Yanks podcast, as always. Pete, we're almost done with the groups, which means we're close to the, closer and closer to the World Cup. We are 12 days from the World Cup, Tech. 12 days. And I start to really feel the excitement now because Brazil dropped their roster. Japan dropped their roster last week. USMNT roster drop is on is tomorrow from when you guys listen to this podcast. So it's just the excitement is really starting to build. It's becoming real. That's what it's becoming real now, you know? I think club soccer is ending. That's what it is, right? Yeah. I think we weren't talking much about the World Cup overall, the media. And even fans were all focused on Champions League, Premier League, Major League Soccer playoffs, Libertadores, so much going on. And then in South America, the season's pretty much over. The Champions League group stage is over. Major League Soccer is over. Liga Mackeys is over. So essentially right now, all we have is the World Cup coming up. And, and like you said, once the teams start dropping the roster, we start to feel that vibe, get goosebumps, start to listen to Waka Waka for 24 hours. Right. Have you listened to Waka Waka today yet? I have not. I haven't listened to it in a while. It Maybe seems the new anthem for the World Cup is that speed song. <laughs> World Cup. And then he like butchers every single country's name. Argentina and Costa Rica are the two teams I'm most looking He said Uruguay to was Uruguay. Uruguay. Oh my That's, god. Yeah. The, yeah, that 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 video was something else. That video was something else. Are we just old men yelling at clouds now? Like, this is what eight, like 14-year-olds watch. They watch him. And I feel like I can look at that and go, that's so cringe. But then everybody under 18 is like, this is amazing. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm just going to say one thing. I didn't think that video from I know speed, right? Or speed. That's how they call them speed. Just speed, yeah. I didn't think that was funny. <laughs> Just my opinion. Okay. I didn't I didn't like it. But but he does have not a big audience, a massive audience. It gets millions of views. So if it works, it works, man. Um I can't so really long as that him. doesn't become the World Cup anthem, I'm fine. Yeah, we need to talk to him a little bit. Maybe just go, dude, you're a little too big, so careful. Because it might actually become the World Cup anthem. Oh, my God. Waka Waka is still undefeated for me as a World Cup anthem. Like Waving flag think... matches it. Eh, I still like Waka Waka better. Waving flag is okay. It's not bad also, but I still, I still think Waka Waka is the one. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I listen to both now, Waka Waka, and, and uh, just getting into the World Cup, I got to listen yeah. to that and some Brazilian um, and Portuguese songs for the World Cup. But What about Ole? Ole, Ole. Uh, no. No? No. It's, not, it's the, not an official anthem, but I feel like it gets associated with World Cup sometimes. A bit, a bit. But there's like songs in Brazil that are more club related, but they have like this soccer vibe that it, you hear it a lot more in the World Cup. But Group F, Group F, the one with Croatia, Belgium, America Junior, also known as Canada, and Morocco. What this you... might be the least predictable group in the World Cup, if you if you ask me. What about United States, though? That one I feel like England's going to get out of, but I feel like any of these two teams could actually get out. Like, it's close. Between England and, yeah. So I think England and Belgium from these groups will both go through. And then the other three, you're like, it could be any of these three. Yeah, why don't we talk about it? Because I think Croatia is actually a very strong team here. Very and I think strong. They might very have strong. higher odds to go through than Belgium. Even though I think both will go through. And here's the problem, though. When we start doing these predictions before the World Cup starts, anyone, as anyone, we have this tendency of picking the favorites, right? When you look on paper, you're going to pick the favorites. It's very hard to... But in the World Cup, that is almost not always the case now, of course usually the best teams are the ones in the semifinals and usually the best team does go through the group stage but there is a lot of crazy stuff that happens and it's very hard to predict what will be the crazy thing that happened in the group stage for this edition and maybe this group is it this might be one of the groups why don't we start away with belgium Okay, and before you go and talk about their teams just so everyone knows belgium qualified and woke up qualifying the uefa they topped their group with eight games played, six wins, two draws, they were in the same group as Wales, Czech Republic, Estonia, and Belarus. Uh, not the toughest of groups, right? Wales and Czech Republic are nothing special, and the other two opponents are probably way weaker than even CONCACAF, but you can only beat what's in front of you. They topped the group. They qualified with ease, comfort, and here we are with Belgium. And I think it's fair to say that this is still a very strong side, but... Their golden generation's coming to an end. Yeah. And I think some people are saying that Roberto Martinez has underachieved with this Belgium team. And I heartily disagree. So you got this team in their prime, which was what the 2018 World Cup was. In their prime, they got to the semifinal and lost to the champions, France. They knocked out Brazil. They knocked out Brazil, right? They beat England twice, who also made the semifinal. Like... I don't know much what more you want from this team. Like a World Cup is a World Cup, right? Anything can happen in a single game. So if you make it to a semifinal, knocking out Brazil on the way and you lose to the eventual champions and then win third place, that's kind of what you expect from Belgium at their peak. Like I don't, people say, oh, you should have won the World Cup. Not necessarily. Lots of great teams have never won the World Cup. Holland never won the World Cup. Like I don't think he's underachieved with this team, but I do think 2018 was their prime. And as we saw in the Euros in 2021, this team is aging, and I think this is going to be a rough World Cup for Belgium. I do think they'll get out of the group, but I don't consider them a title contender. I just no, think that defense is too shaky. And Pete, it's sort of what you said. Like 2014 was the beginning of this golden generation. They made it to the quarterfinals and lost 1-0 to Argentina. That made it to the final with a prime Messi. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain also was still very effective. And then they go on to 2018. And they make it to the semifinals and finish in third. They beat England again. 
lose to France, knock out Brazil. I thought the accomplishment was very high. It's almost like saying that the Dutch team in the 70s that lost two finals, they underachieved. You can't look at someone achieving glory. Like, it's only acceptable if they win a trophy. That's not the case, yeah. right? No, that's crazy. Uh, I mean, Messi might never win the World Cup. Like, if he doesn't win this World Cup, it's over. So you're going to say the greatest player in the world underachieved because he didn't win the World Cup. No, no, he did. He took them to a final. He had many great World Cups and for club. It's just like the World Cup is a knockout competition. Anything can happen, right? You can have the best team, and on the day you have a bad day, something doesn't go your way, and now you're done. Messi should have won the last World Cup. In that final, Argentina was the better team. They squandered three chances to score. And then they lost to Germany. So does that mean he underachieved because his teammates couldn't finish chances in that one game? No. And that's the way, as I see it for Belgium, I think they've achieved as far as they're going to go. And I don't think this is a Belgium team that we're going to see in a semifinal. I they also, don't. they also lost only one zero to France, the current champion. Right. Who put so, four past Croatia. Like, mm -hmm. but why don't we go through Belgium real quick, the players. So Kevin De Bruyne, best player, of this team, possibly the best midfielder in the world. 31 years old, still in his prime, and is a guy that can make it or break it for them. And he'll probably be fine. He'll probably perform very well, and teams are going to have to watch out for him. Uh, Courtois, one of the best goalkeepers in the world. So they have right there mm -hmm. two world-class players in the team right away. KDB, Courtois. Lukaku is questionable for the World yeah. Cup. That's um, a big one for them. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. Because if he can't make the World Cup, it's going to be probably Mishi Bachwai. He's going to start up top. Likely, but but here's the thing, Pete. Uh, even if he can make it to the World Cup, is he going to be in form? No. Exactly. So I think we can sort of just say they're not going to get the best version of Lukaku. And when you don't get the best version of Lukaku, we've seen the bad version of him. It's pretty bad. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I think that one. But then they do have players that can support. They have a strong supporting cast, right? Onana from Everton's a good defensive midfielder. Tillemans from Leicester fantastic midfielder too then you yeah. have like trossard that's playing very well for brighton cajasco from atletico madrid charles Catalian. who dries mertens from napoli Mer napoli yeah just mertens charles catalier that can be a backup for Macy milan not playing well for ace milan this season still a talented player uh i don't know if doku is back he was very good in the euros i don't know how he is now but they also have experienced players that can help this team, that can hurt the team, but can help it too, right? Eden Hazard will probably be a backup in this team, I'm assuming. Axel Witzel. Yeah, Eden Hazard is nowhere near the guy that he used to be. I mean, that's obvious. He's out of shape. He's not fit. He's slow, injury prone. I just don't think this Eden Hazard is going to have a good World Cup, and I even think if he starts. And for their golden generation, he was one of the key pillars, right? Hazard, KDB, and Lukaku were key, right, going forward. And it looks like only one of them will arrive in this World Cup actually being at the highest level that he's been, yeah. which is KDB. We'll see. I, I still think this team under Roberto Martinez is a team that should and will get out of the group. They just sort of seem like that very strong team, so, sort of like England. They seem like that very strong team that will fall to the first title contender they face, whether it's in the round of 16, quarterfinals, even semifinals. Yeah. I don't know. But it, that's kind of like where I am with Belgium right now. I think the big issue for me is Belgium's back line, right? So if they're – Jan Vertonghen might not go. He's injured right now. We'll mm -hmm. see if he ends up going. But if he does go, you're talking about a back line of 35-year-old Jan Vertonghen, 
35-year-old Toby Alderweireld, who are both playing in Belgium now, by the way. They're no longer playing at the highest level. And already we saw at the Euros how they were, they were aging badly. They were slowing down. And then you've got an 18-year-old next to them in that back three, and that's Zeno Debast, or t- just turned 19 now, but he's still very young. That back line is worrying because if you don't have a solid back line, you can leak goals, and it's very hard to overcome that in a one-off knockout game. So that's why, and then even there's some of their other guys, Eden Hazard, uh, Axel Witzel, you know, some of these Dries Mertens even, they're aging. They're, they're on the wrong side of 30. KDB is two, but he's 31. Like, he's still great. I just don't know, is KDB going to do too, have to do too much for this team? And if you can find ways to stop KDB, you can really neutralize this Belgium attack. Because, yeah, Yuri Tielemans, you know, Charles de Quetelare, all these other guys, they're good players. But this team goes through KDB. So if you can stop KDB, you can beat Belgium. And it looks like Courtois might be up for a busy World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to have to be at peak levels because, I mean, again, this Belgium team is still full of quality, elite players and a few world-class players. It's just not enough, I don't think, to get to to make a semifinal. It would depend on really how they get their bracket, right? Like England in 2018. I mean, the bracket helped. Yeah. Right? Like they faced Colombia and then Sweden. I mean, if Belgium faced opponents at that level, I can see them hitting the semifinals. I just haven't really looked at – I mean, I did do the bracket. I just don't remember Belgium's path. I didn't have them making the semifinals, so I'm assuming they play some top dog at some point before the semifinals. And then moving on from Belgium, we have Croatia, the runners-up of 2018. And similarly to Belgium, this is a team that has age as well and definitely not at their prime like they were in 2018. Uh, they qualified to the World Cup, topping their UEFA World Cup qualifying group one point ahead of Russia. That eventually was banned, but regardless, they finished ahead of Russia. Their group had Russia, Slovakia, Slovenia, Cyprus, and Malta. So not also not a crazy tough group. Like most groups, honestly, in UEFA, it's just that you have to top the group. That's the only difficulty, but you do have some very bad teams. They made it here. Luka Modric, despite being much older, he might have slowed down his stamina, but he's still very effective. We saw that while he led, helped Real Madrid win the Champions League. You still have young players like Gavardiol from Leipzig to, for the back line, Kovacic from Chelsea in his prime, Brozovic from Inter Milan, the other defensive central midfielder, also in his prime, Pesalic from Atalanta. There's many players that play in the Serie A, and there is quality in this team, along with experienced players that will be there. However, it doesn't feel like this team has any chance of doing what they did in 2018. No, that would be a step too far. But I love how balanced that midfield is. You have Brozovic, very good D-mid. And then you have Kovacic as the box-to-box. And honestly, you should just give Modric the freedom to create. That three in midfield is amazing. The back line, honestly, it depends who they go with, right? The, the right-back spots, it's between Juranovic from Celtic and Stanisic from Bayern, who isn't playing so much for Bayern, uh, but still could be very, very good. And then Guardiol from Leipzig together with Dejan Lovren, okay, together. That's a, a veteran and a young center back. And then on left back, it's either probably Borna, Borna Beresic from Rangers or Sosa, one of those two. All good options, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Then you still have a guy on the left wing uh, like Perisic, ton of experience. You've got Brekelo from Wolfsburg, Kramaric, Pasilic, like... 
there's enough there for them to have a good run at this World Cup. But make a final? No. They're better than Denmark on paper. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. On paper, And particularly yeah. because that midfield is so strong and so balanced, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for whoever yeah. faces them. I mean, you look at a Kovacic, Brozovic, and Modric midfield, that's pretty freaking good. That can yeah. match. Yeah. That's one of the best midfields in the world. Actually. That's what I was going to say. I would yeah. take that up against most midfields. Up there with Brazil, maybe be not better than France, but up there with Brazil's and France midfield. Yeah, it's a, it's pretty much at that level. And and then, and then like you said, you talked about Perisic. He can be a motor for this team. Always a problem to deal with. Kramaric is in... I wouldn't put him as a top center forward, but plays for in the Bundesliga, gets double-digit goals. He'll be fine if you create chances. He'll convert a few. This is a good team. And then you still have experienced guys that were in that run. I believe Lovren is still there, right? Um, yeah, Dejan Lovren will start with Guardiola at the back. Yeah, they have guys from there. Vida might be there. from He was in 2018. So it's a good team with some depth. But the thing was, even the 2018 run, it required all these guys being in their prime, right? Mm -hmm. Modric was flying. Perisic was flying. Mandzukic is not here anymore. No. He was key for that, that team. And it required a little bit of luck. Like luck was involved with it for them to get to where they got. And lightning doesn't strike twice in the same place. So I don't think it's going to happen again. Yeah. I don't uh, think so either. I mean, I could see this team making a quarterfinal. I could also see this team getting knocked out in the group. Yeah, that, that's, I think, one thing we can talk about here before we move on to the other two teams is Croatia still has the same manager, right? It's Dalic, uh, Zlato Dalic, right? I believe they do the same one. Um, yeah, yeah, Zlatko Dalic. Yeah, so if you had to pick one team to get knocked out in this group, would it be Belgium or Croatia? Croatia. I think I have Belgium. I think Belgium is still I think Belgium is more reliant on KDB than Croatia is on Modric right now. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Um I like Croatia's defense better. I just don't know if they have as much quality as Belgium in all areas of the field. Like in midfield, yes, it's better. They have a better midfield, but I would take Croatia's defense over Belgium's to be honest. Um depends without Lukaku. Yeah, you're right. You might be right. Yeah, I can see it. They have to be reliant on KDB. And if you can stop, if KDB gets injured, I, I'd i go as far as saying they're not getting out of the group. And I how about that wild? And how about this? We talk about the importance of details in the World Cup, right? Uh, which defense of these two is more likely to concede a mistake and concede a goal? It's, it's Belgium. Belgium. Yeah. yeah. So, you have Belgium with a team that would be very reliant on KDB to get any goals. You see Croatia, they have a couple more options here and there that can be effective. They have a better back line, so they're less likely to make mistakes and allow goals. I don't know. Belgium could allow a goal in, in a counter to Morocco or to Canada, and can, they can draw. It might come down a lot to their matchup, right? Whoever wins the Croatia-Belgium matchup. Whoever loses could actually get knocked down the group stage. If they draw, yeah. they should be fine. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. And the other uh, thing is that both Morocco and Canada have enough quality to beat you on the day. Like, it's unlikely, but they're not like, they're not like Saudi Arabia or Tunisia, right? No. Where the, there's no whipping boys in this group. I could see anybody going through and anybody going home. 
I could like I wouldn't be surprised if Croatia and Canada went through or Croatia and Morocco. Yeah, and, and Canada and Morocco will have no shame on bunkering. They don't they no. don't have any shame and they should. No. Uh and be, so that'll be a good time for us to transition. But before we transition to Morocco and Canada, a uh, quick word from our sponsor here, DraftKings, here in the podcast. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. I need to talk to DraftKings, Pete. They need to switch this from NFL to the World Cup. The World Cup is more important now. But anyhow... Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. So it has changed. Now it's THPN and place $5 bet on pregame money line and, and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, sorry, the NFL, and use the code THPN. That is TH as in horse, PN. Thank you very much. DraftKings. Okay. So Pete, Morocco or Canada? Which one? Let's do Canada first. Okay. So Canada, the rude Canadians. They're here in the World Cup. They haven't played a World Cup since 1986. When they played, they lost all three games, didn't score any goals. I think to a bare minimum, they're going to do better than that World Cup. I don't see this team actually being shameful. I, I know it's not going to be easy for them to score. They could go in this World Cup and score maybe just one or two goals. Yeah. But I do think they'll get one. They have enough power, uh, quality up top. They have some players. There was a little bit of a scare this weekend that Alfonso Davies had a muscle injury. Apparently, it's just a strain. So he'll rest this week. Should be training. Probably won't play their friendly against Japan. But it looks like uh, Fonzie will be fine for the World Cup. And I think I, I can't overemphasize how important it is to have him. Uh, I mean, it's kind of like how Prime Bale was to Wales, right? So, Canada, you actually said months ago that you're like, I'm going to have Canada getting out of the group. Uh, do you still think that'll happen? I, I understand not think that'll happen, but would you bet on it? Even now that we'll talk about Morocco soon, how Morocco did sh shake things up and they'll be better themselves. Your thoughts on yeah. Canada? Yeah, that changes things. Morocco looking a lot better, having a lot of their key players back. I think that makes it tougher for Canada. I've since that prediction done a deep dive on Croatia. If I had to bet my own money, I think it's possible for Canada to get out of this group. It's very possible. But if I had to bet money, I would say no. No. So Canada, okay, I agree with that fully too. I don't have much to argue. I think Canada will be one of those teams like you can even go – towards a Morocco from 2018 and Canada will probably be something like that. A team that might not get any wins, but won't go down easy in any games. It's going to be one, zero losses, two, one losses. I don't see this team going down easily. And why don't we talk a bit about the players that this team has? Because if you're from CONCACAF, you know, this team fairly well. Now, if you're not from CONCACAF, you might just think this is Alfonso Davies and 10 other players. And that truly isn't Canada nowadays, right? No. Uh, they're, Alfonso Davies is key, and he's their best player. There's no doubt about that. But we'll talk about they have Jonathan David um, yeah. from Rio. Been a, a prolific goal scorer in France for two or three straight seasons now? Is it three? At least two. At least, at least two. two. So a guy that's scoring goals, a uh, very good center forward, that's probably going to get a big move at some point. You have Tejan Buchanan. 
a very good player for Club Brugge, a team yeah. that advanced in the group stage. You have Kyle Lahren from Club Brugge. He's struggling. We'll talk about him in a second. Stefano Stacchio, that yeah. um, man, he he struggled in the beginning when he moved to Porto, but he's been having a season himself. Very good this season. So this team is far more. And then and then I think the most important aspect of all of it, it might be John Herdman. Yeah. The 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 hope, or if you're a Canadian fan, the best thing Canada can do in this group is bunker and counter because they've got so much pace on the counter. And to be fair, that's how John Herdman has found success against big teams. Well, big teams like the U.S. and Mexico in the past, even at home, not afraid to bunker, not afraid to dare you to break them down and then use the pace of guys like Davies and David and Buchanan on the counterattacks to really hurt you. And for teams that want to come after them, which Belgium will, you look at that Belgium back line and you wonder, can David and Davies create some havoc on this aging back line? Maybe, maybe. Uh, the question is, how are they going to play? Are they going to play 4-4-2 or are they going to play 3-4-2-1? We're not 100% sure. Um, maybe alternate. Play, sorry? Maybe alternate, depending on the opponent. So in their friendly against Uruguay in September, they played 3-4-2-1 with basically everyone defending, but Davies as the 10 uh, with both David and Laren in front of him. So I wonder if that was John Herdman trying something out for at least Belgium maybe playing against Belgium and Croatia that way and maybe playing 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1 against Morocco. It's hard to know exactly what his plans are. But he's a very flexible coach. That's the thing. You just you can't predict John Herdman because he's used multiple formations in his time depending on opponent, players available, even game states. He switches it up a lot. Very hard to predict, unlike He also, remember a lot of the times in World Cup qualifying, even because he's far from perfect and he made mistakes sometimes in the starting eleven. He changes quick. He made subs sometimes in the first half. Yeah. Uh, when he sees it, something going wrong, he's quick to act. And, I mean, we might be overrating the guy. But the guy has been fantastic as a coach. He might be the most important one because he's going to have to get the best out of these players against the opponents if they want to do anything in the World Cup. Uh, we talked about, similar to the United States, when you're going into the World Cup, we're not the most talented team. And Greg even said that himself, and it's true. And, this, and the same goes for Canada. Canada might actually be even the least talented team in this group when we go player by player. Yeah. Even Morocco might have better players on paper. But how Herdman sets up, how he adjusts in the game and all that, that will be crucial in how he gets the best. I, I also think Alfonso Davies' health will be important. How is he going to be? Is he going to be 100% from this muscle right. strain? Because right. it's a muscle injury. He Please, knock on wood, and hopefully this doesn't happen. He could come in the first game and poof, feel it again. Yeah. And yeah. And if he feels that muscle injury again, he's done for the World Cup. So it, it comes down to that. We'll see how it goes. I think one thing Canada could do that can help them is use their physicality. They're actually we joke about it. They're very rude. They're very physical in the, the game and <laughs> and that can be a problem for aging teams. That's the thing. Yeah. My question with Canada is almost the same problem as Belgium is their back line is not very good. Right? They're still using Steven Vittoria in that back line, which for me is an issue. Um, we don't know exactly which three he's going to use. Maybe Alistair Johnson plays on that back line. Does Jonathan Osorio play in midfield? Is it Atiba Hutchinson? Like who partners um, Patrick, uh, Stephen Eustachio? Anthony Kay, Mark, uh, Mark Anthony Kay. For me, no, no, the supporting cast, if you go past the top five or six Canadian players, 
there's a big drop off to the supporting cast, whether that's Samuel Piet or Jonathan Osorio or, or Mark Anthony Kay, Stephen Vittoria, Atiba Hutchinson, all of these guys. The supporting cast is not great. Some interesting guys to watch could be Ike Ugo, who plays for Trois, mm -hmm. and Ismail Kone, the Montreal player. I think that supporting cast is very good. I'm very mm -hmm. happy with those two. But there's going to be a lot of pressure on Davies, Eustachio, and David, and Buchanan especially, those four, to deliver. And can they handle it? Not just, uh, I like that you mentioned Ismail Kone because looking in Major League Soccer, we often, at least in our channels, and here we talk about the young American prospects, but I actually think from the players I've seen this season, Kone might be the highest ceiling of them all. He's Canadian. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Obviously, when we talk about ceilings, it's nothing more than a guess or prediction, but he looks like he's ready and he might be leaving to Europe at some point soon. So that's Canada for y'all. Uh, we'll see how Canada does in the World Cup. I... I know you're going to be rooting for them personally. I don't think I'm going to be rooting for any CONCACAF team, dude. I Just to be honest, I grew up in an environment in Brazil where we don't root for our rivals. doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I guess it's hard for me to see Canada. I guess they are a rival now, but it's a very new rivalry, right? There's still like this underdog story with them. Like with well, Mexico, it's been a rivalry for 20 years. Like I don't want Mexico to do. Well, that's because you didn't have their whole country come after you on, on Twitter. Yeah, I, they've come after me several times. Not as much as you. They definitely, some Canadian fans, not all, some Canadian fans are very new to the sport. And they're very excited, naturally, about this team. And they should be. And they're rude. But I think they overrate this team a little and bit. And they're rude. Some of them are very and, rude people. They don't, yeah, they're very angry if you suggest that they're anything other than World Cup winners. So yeah. good luck to Canada. Um, I, I want to see them do well. Um, but I have a feeling they might get a little bit of a reality check in this World Cup. Which might be great for them for 2026. Yeah. Yeah. I think. So let's move on from Canada here. Uh, we're also going to be talking a lot about Canada on our YouTube channel, so you guys can check that out. They're, we're definitely going to be covering all of CONCACAF regardless. Morocco. We go back a few months ago. Morocco looked like crap, to be yeah. just being honest with anyone here. The U.S. game we saw, um, they didn't have some of their best players because they had issues with the coach, but they got rid of the coach. They have a new coach, and right now they're coached by Walid Regragi. Yeah, Did I get that right? Probably. I think so. I don't know for sure, but I think that sounds right to me. Good for us. We probably don't have any viewers from Morocco or listeners, so <laughs> I think I, I think we don't. <laughs> uh, who knows? Who knows? But but Morocco is not just uh, their three biggest players that everybody knows: Ashraf Hakimi, Hakim Ziyech, and uh, Nusser Mazraoui. Right? Those are their three guys that everybody knows: two fullbacks and a winger. But let's be honest, their goalkeeper is Sevilla's goalkeeper, right? Um, I, what's his name? I don't remember his name. Bono, Bono, their goalkeeper. Their mm -hmm. striker, El Nesri, also at Sevilla. That midfield has Sofian Amrabat from Fiorentina and Amin Harit from Marseille. Both very good players. Back line is decent if you have Dari and Romain Saiz in there. What's interesting is because this new coach just came in, we've only had September to look at his tactics and his players. He played a 4-3-3 in both games in September with Nazrawi as the left back and Hakimi as the right back. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, is that the best use of Nazrawi and Hakimi with their attacking instincts? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I would hope for, if he's going to do that, they would probably want to go with a more defensive midfield 
Um, and that's where maybe Adel Tarat would play there instead of a guy like Sofian Amrabat. Um, but it, it's a team that can cause danger. Those three are the big keys, right? Ziyech not playing a lot at Chelsea. Similar situation to Pulisic. Actually worse than Pulisic. Mm-hmm. He's playing way less than Pulisic is. And what's his form going to be like going into Qatar? I think that's the big question. I don't well, have Morocco getting out of this group. I, I don't. I, so I don't either. What, what I try to look, when I try to guess or predict an underdog story, there's a couple key things you got to look out for. First, you can't have a good underdog story if you don't have a very strong defense. It just doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. That is key because when you're an underdog, most of the time you're defending. You can't yes. have a good underdog story if you don't have a good coach because he's going to have to get the best out of each player. Otherwise, you're not going to beat a more talented team. So their defense, how do you rate it? Solid? Good goalkeeper. I'll be honest, I haven't seen a lot from Ashraf Dari and Romain Saiz. So good goalkeeper. We put it that good way. Good goalkeeper and good fullbacks. My question mm-hmm. is, are Mazraoui and Hakimi going to be so intent on attacking that they're going to leave spaces in behind? Because they're both very attacking players, right? Mm-hmm. So playing them as fullbacks, if you want to do that, I would go with wingbacks and play a back three. I'm just worried that I can't, I don't know if I can see Hakimi and Mazraoui defending for 90 minutes. And that might be a problem for Morocco. Yeah, it's kind of tough to see because, like I said, you need strong defense. You need a good coach. We don't know much about his coach. We don't have enough data to like say if he's going to get the best out of them or not. So they're not really an underdog or dark horse candidate. They're more of like a wild card. Uh, yeah, Morocco. We don't know. And you talked about Canada. Defensively, they looked solid in CONCACAF, but their defense is shaky, which makes it not likely that they would be an underdog story. But they have a good coach. They have quality players. So it's going to be a fun group to follow along. Uh, I'm still going to stick with Croatia topping the group, Belgium second. I have Canada in third. And uh, in Morocco, fourth and Canada building off this for 2026. And no, any new Canadian soccer fan, you guys are not going to win the 2026 World Cup. But I do think you guys could reach knockout rounds in that World Cup. I think that is very possible. Yeah, yeah very hey, possible. Any final thoughts? No, it's just I just I'm just excited. Um, I just can't wait for this thing to kick off, to have the World Cup special event every four years it's just it really starting to hit me this week i think it's like i realized the world cup is next it starts next week that's mm-hmm. wild when you think about it. it starts next was it friday well it starts on sunday it starts on sunday yeah sunday but, sunday uh, not this sunday the other one but at next the same sunday. time next week you'll have some national teams have friendlies yeah um, you'll have some information from training reports and all that so once the Premier League round ends over the weekend, even though I don't really care about the Premier League this weekend anymore, uh, once that ends, it's it's World Cup. It's World Cup yeah. time. That's the only topic in the world of soccer, and it's it's the greatest sporting event in the world. It's not even close, to be honest, in terms of sporting event. And that's it. Guys, if you like these podcasts talking about the World Cup, make sure to share it with any soccer fans out there in the United States. We'll try our best to keep the podcast active during the World Cup, of course, but obviously we're going to be much more active on our channels, 11 Yanks and Tactical Manager TV on YouTube, covering the World Cup as a whole. So check us out there if you don't, but if you're listening to this, you probably know us. Pete, final words? One last thing. We probably have to do two podcasts next week because we have two more groups to cover. Or maybe another one this week. We got this. We got this. We'll get the last two groups to you before the 20th. Don't you worry. 
Um, yeah, but, but even if we release it during the World Cup, it's fine because those groups don't start till later that week. Yeah, that is true. So that we is got true. This. We got, we got this. it. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to drop a review if you enjoyed the podcast. If you didn't like it, don't drop a review. Okay. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.